Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's Super Bowl week. It's Super Bowl week. Wolf and Luke, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Meteor Row. Yeah, Media Row coverage brought to you by Canvas Annuity Scorp to 5.7% on your retirement savings. It is Wolf and Luke out here uh, noon now at Media Row, and we are joined, pleased to be joined by Cardinals defense player Victor DiMuccagi. Victor, man, it's it's got to be a whirlwind right now. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate y'all having me. Um, I guess let's just start with the, the main story on every Cardinals fan's mind right now. You guys are still looking for a coach as a player. You know, I'm sure you guys are following along. You can't get too caught up in the mm-hmm. though, until something actually happens, right? Yeah. Um, I try to just stay away from it. Um, yeah. Just get ready, keep working out, and um, let whatever ha- happens happen. And, um, you know, when, it, when it's time to show up, show up and be ready to go. So talk about your season, Victor, that you had coming off. You played in 14 games mm-hmm. this year. How do you think your season went? Um, I'll say I started off the season solid. Um, the middle the middle wasn't as good as I had hoped for. But overall, you know, I was able to stay healthy. Um, uh, finish the season off strong, and um, you know, next year, uh, right now, I'm just focused on next year, coming back stronger, a better player, um, focusing on my weaknesses, and you know, letting whatever happens happens. Do you feel like I know you're still pretty new in this league, but you got some experience now? Do you mm-hmm. feel like you're picking up little things along the way that now, as you go into this off season, you're like okay, I can work on this or whatever? Oh yeah, most definitely. I feel like the early playing time um, during the season really helped me out. You know, the game kind of slowed down for me. Um, I kind of knew what. I was doing it was it was way it was way it was made way easier for me as far as like you know like the plays and um you know just the flow of the game you know I was able to pick things out faster call out plays I kind of knew what was coming um a lot of the times I was out there so it was definitely a, a better year compared to my rookie year Victor how does the NFL game compare to college I'll say it it changes from your rookie year to your sophomore year. Um, I'll say rookie year is way faster. Uh, the second year, you like as far as me, I was exposed to more football my second year. Yes. So I was able to play faster. Like towards the end of the season, like I knew like I knew what to do. Um, I was more adapted to the game. Special teams. I didn't play that in college. So this year, but it, it was, was a big adjustment. Yeah, it was though, a big. Right? Yeah, it was a big adjustment. But like special teams is like second nature to me now. Um, so I feel like just each and every year compared to college, it's kind of like college. Your freshman year, you're not there yet, but by your senior year, yes. you're like a vet. So I feel like just like the NFL, at first you might think it's fast, but as you keep going, you keep getting more experience and you keep getting better. Talked into uh, Cardinals linebacker Victor Dumakeji. Victor, uh, we just got the news that A.J. Green is retiring. Obviously, J.J. Watt retired as well, so you guys are losing some of the some of the vets on this team. Man, that's crazy. I did not know A.J. retired. I'm, this, yeah. is my, this is the first time I'm hearing about oh. it. Well, A.J.'s retired. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And um, when I heard JJ's, um, actually, like, a couple weeks before he announced it, um, I was joking around with him in the hot tub. I was like, bro, you could play five more years. You got, like, eight and a half sacks right now. Um, you play your, you playing your butt off. And he was like, no, bro, I don't know. So I don't know if he was giving me a hint right there, but um, I really did feel like he could play, like, five more years or more. But um, having him retire, you know, I was able to – I'm happy I was able to play two years with him, learn a lot from him, soak up a lot of knowledge, and – you know, share a bit of his career with him. I was just going to say, if you had to point to one thing that you did learn from J.J. Watt, mm-hmm. do you have a J.J. Watt story, or do you have something you'd like to actually pass on? Or 50. would you, 
Victor, would you love to rip J.J. Watt right now? I would, I would love to. <laughs> every, every, every morning, uh, we get in the hot tub, like, right before we got to practice. And, you know, we just always joke about how ugly, like, I always joke about how ugly he is. He tells me how ugly I am or whatever. But, um, Which, of course, is he's saying he loves you when yeah, he says that. There's a lot of other stuff I can't speak about, but we, we're not going to talk about that. But um, one thing I did learn from him is, like, um, you know, his hard work and dedication. Um, he definitely left a lasting legacy in this game. Um, you know, he's the type of guy that shows up early to the weight room, uh, last one to leave the practice field, and, you know, he left a lasting impression on every single person in that locker room. That's awesome. And he didn't do it for the cameras. He did it the right way. So I'm happy I was able to share that part with him. Victor D. Mukherjee joining us. Uh, Victor, a lot of people, I think a lot of Cardinals fans right now, when you look at this team and you're looking for something to be excited about, it is the young defense. Mm-hmm. And you guys have a lot of young talent on that defense. And right. You don't have J.J. Watt, but like you were just saying, I mean, he, I'm sure, influenced a lot of you guys. Maybe mm-hmm. you can take some of that collectively going forward. Oh, yeah, most definitely. We have a lot of young guys ready to go. You know, like guys, Cam, Maje, you know, a lot of young guys, uh, Christian Matthews. You know, we, we got guys who want to go out there and compete. Um, you know, and the vest we have there, guys like, you know, Marcus, we had there this past year, like Marcus, J.J., Buddha, you know, guys, those guys are contagious. They rub off on, on the younger guys. And I feel like um, guys like that help the team move forward. And, and I feel like they've really left a lesson impression on us. Like, um, we're ready to go next year. We, we, we're going back to work and we're ready to get back at it. Victor, are you anxious at all that a new coach is going to be coming in here and he's going to have a new defense and there's going to be new coaches that he's going to bring in? Does it bring you any anxiety going forward or do you look forward to it? I want to say it brings that anxiety. You know, I let whatever happens, happens. I let I let the controllables control itself. I, I try not to focus on any of that. Um, like I said, I just like to put my foot forward and get the work. Um, whatever happens, happens. That's how I look at it. Do you think it changes things dramatically since you had an offensive head coach the last couple of years? If it is a defensive guy like Brian Flores or Lou Anarumo, or is that still kind of to be seen? Um, I really haven't taken the chance to think about that. Um, I'm just excited to meet. I met the GM, and I'm excited to meet who the new head coach is, and then uh, I feel like we just go from there. You know, special teams right now, I'll tell you, I, I love special teams. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I went to the Pro Bowl four times mm-hmm. as a special teams player, okay. so I absolutely loved it. Don't even don't even <laughs> care about playing offense or defense, even though I was a fullback, right? Because once you play special teams, you've played football. You've played the very highest. How much do you enjoy special teams? <laughs> now, special teams is real fun. Uh, um, I feel like my favorite is punt because you get to block and then run down and tackle. Like when I see him, when I see the a returner call the fair catch, like I get so upset. Like <laughs> especially when I'm running full speed, I'm feel I feel like I'm running like a four two. 40, and I'm running full speed, and he calls a fair catch. I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, can anybody block you, Victor? That's what I want to know right now, because you're a pretty stout dude. Somebody jumps, if I'm going to jump on you, mm-hmm. I'm grabbing you right on the buckles. I'm grabbing you right on the buckles, and I'm holding up. Yeah, it, How are you going to get me off you? <laughs> it depends on the game plan. So some teams, they try to put somebody my size on me, and I'm able to defeat that and run around them. But when, then when they put the smaller guys on you, 
like they're not gonna try to block it. They're just gonna try to like like play with you all the way down the field because they right. know they could keep up with right. you speed wise. But those guys, I try to like beat them phys- like physically, like really quick, and then get that's to the awesome. ball. Yeah, because you know what? I don't want to run with them. Yeah, I don't want right. to run with them. <laughs> oh, I love that, Victor. You got it down, man. Yes, sir. The look, the look on your face when he asked if anybody could block you it was like he's like ready to go right. No, nah, I love fun. I love fun. That's the easy. I, one. I wish, I wish they did something with the kickoff. Honestly, I think there's way too many kickoffs. Yeah, you run breaks. down the field. I can't yeah. stand that. Yeah, the thought of that because kickoff to me, that is football. Mm-hmm. When I think of football right now, if you were going to have aliens land on this planet and you wanted to show them what the game of football is, you put on a kickoff cover reel because that's it, right? Yeah, running down the yeah, field exactly. and using all of that speed, velocity, and then impact. That's what it's all about. They're taking that part of it out of the game right now. How difficult is that to go down and run down the field thinking, oh, this is probably going to be a touchback? Man, I try not to think about that. Our special teams coach, he always tells us to run through the end zone or to run as far until you see the, uh, hear the whistle blow. So, Because sometimes you might think it's a touchback and they might bring it out. Yeah. So, so I, you just try to play every day, like every play, like they're bringing it out. And and if it's a touchback, you know, just go with it. But it do sound like you're ready to play. Like that, that, that impact. <laughs> It sounds like you're ready to run down the field and make a touchdown. Listen, bro, when you get fat and 60, you're ready to play all the time. <laughs> no, Victor, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate it. Good yes, luck sir, this year. Appreciate you. Thanks, right. Victor. It's Victor DiMuchegi joining us right there. Flavortown is pulling up right across the street from the big game this Sunday. Join Guy Fieri, Diplo, and over 20-plus food vendors for the ultimate tailgating party. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. When we come back, all of today's top sports stories in one place, and there's a lot. Wolf and Down Your Lunch is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it's a little past noon because we were able to talk to Victor DiMuchegi right there. But we are out here at Media Row. It is now time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch with Aaron Maloney, who is here. Aaron? So the Suns reportedly offered a large trade package to the Brooklyn Nets that included Chris Paul for guard Kyrie Irving. Haynes reports the Suns offered Paul, Jay Crowder, and unspecified draft compensation in its package. What kind of impact do you think this will have on the locker room, do you think? How do you think Chris Paul will handle this news? I think we just had Lorenzo Alexander in here. Wolf, I think he said it the best. If if Chris Paul doesn't let it be a big deal, then it's not a big deal. If Chris Paul's like, wait, really? You were going to trade me for Kyrie Irving after all I've done for this team the last couple years? Then that would be an issue. Now, I tend to believe Chris Paul can probably shake it off better than most can. But I think the the reality is if you, at least this week, if you're anybody on this team that isn't Devin Booker, you have to be thinking, with a name like Kevin Durant out there, any of us could be gone. You know, for me, once again, I think of James Jones and whether or not James Jones alerted Chris Paul that his name was brought up in trade packages and trade scenarios. 
That, to me, I think is so important going forward because, again, if you're going to tell a veteran, hey, listen, I just want you to know, you may hear some rumors that are out there. They're true. They're true. You know, that's a courtesy to a guy that's been around for a long, long time. I hope maybe that was the case. But ultimately, whether it was the case or not, I think Chris Paul is going to let it run right off his back. At this point in his career, yeah, let it run off your back. And I think he will. So when it comes to the roster that the Suns currently have with the trade deadline just a couple days away and with the name Kevin Durant floating out there, mind you, we've been talking about this since summer. Is there anybody that you think won't be on the Suns and you're almost positive won't be on the Suns other than Jay Crowder after Thursday's deadline? Uh, I hope some of the draft picks aren't on the Suns anymore, honestly. Like, if, if we come out of this trade deadline and we hear, like, oh, the Suns could have got, you know, Durant or maybe somebody else that isn't as big as Durant, but they didn't want to part with draft picks, I just think that's a wasted opportunity. Now, what I will say is it sounds like the Suns were very much in on Kyrie yesterday, and I don't think a lot of us necessarily wanted Kyrie, but I like the fact that James Jones seems to have an all-in mentality going into this week. And, look, Wolf, that, that seems – if he was – ready to make a trade like that seems pretty clear that Matt Ishbia is ready for him to make a trade like that too yeah oh man where do I go on this one right here I do believe they're still going to move DeAndre Ayton that is that's just a God feeling that I have and again um I think so much of it has to do with the fact that there there will be teams out there calling specifically about DeAndre Ayton in other words, making the Suns an offer maybe they can't refuse. The Arizona Cardinals have reportedly narrowed their head coaching search down to three names after eliminating three more. So the Cardinals finalists are Steelers senior assistant Brian Flores, Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, and Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. So... Our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, who do you want to be the next Cardinals head coach? Your choices are Brian Flores, <laughs> Lou Anarumo, Mike Kafka, and then other. Other being like Sean Payton comes out of uh, Denver and decides to coach the Cardinals. Uh, of those three, I'm not going to answer other. Of those three, I would I would go Flores 1, Anarumo 2, Kafka 3. I would do the exact same thing. Oh, really? Right okay. No doubt about okay. it. Brian Flores is a guy that I would love to see. Yeah, I'm going to admit it's because he's got an old school mentality a certain something that's coming out of the side of his neck where you play the game of football and you play it in a very physical kind of way. I'm going to demand, as a matter of fact, that you play it in a very physical kind of way or you're not going to be here. Isn't that right, Monty Osenfort? Because you're not going to bring in just talented guys. You're going to bring football players into the organization that love the physicality of the game, know what the physicality of the game is all about. And if you're not going to be physical, you're not going to be here. Right? That's why I want Brian Flores. So 55% say Brian Flores, 23% say Lou Anarumo, 16% say other, and then 6% Mike Kafka. Who do you think the other is? 
Yeah, there's somebody know. out there. If, if it's people just being like, no, I want somebody that's not available, or if people... Because I don't know if there was any other name. I didn't get the feeling Cardinals fans really want Advanced Joseph. Brian Callahan, maybe? Yeah. Maybe, it was, maybe it's Gerald, Brian Callahan. Evero. Yeah, maybe it's it's somebody like that, but it's interesting that Kafka's last with 6% behind other, even. So were you guys surprised at all by any of the names that were eliminated from the Cardinals coaching search? Were you surprised when that new news came down? Vance Joseph. Yeah, I was. Um, you know, I thought Vance Joseph was going to be a finalist, and we all know he's not. There are three, and he's not in that group. So I was a little surprised by that. I would have been surprised that Aaron Glenn was on that list until that audio clip dropped last week of him laughing at, uh, at Kyler Murray. Even though he wasn't really laughing at Kyler Murray, somebody said something and he laughed, but I'm sure that didn't help. Vance is interesting because... Is there still a chance they keep him around as defensive coordinator? Is that is that a thought? Is that why he's still not really talking to other teams? I don't know. I don't either. Yeah, that's a mystery right there that we'll have to watch closely because I didn't even consider that. A beautiful mystery. Oh, look at that. Aaron Rodgers. Wide receiver A.J. Green has announced his retirement after 11 seasons in the NFL. Green had a 77-yard touchdown catch in his final game. Yeah, yeah, it's true. He had the play that, that Cliff was designing for the entire first half of Hard Knocks that uh, that week. That, look, I think we lose perspective of A.J. Green's career here in Arizona because he was so good with Cincinnati, like Hall of Fame caliber with Cincinnati. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy. We had Victor DiMocchi in here before. He didn't even know yet until he sat down with us. So, yeah, and maybe not maybe not a shock that he's retiring, but still, that's, that's another vet the Cardinals lose. You know what the worst thing is about that in regard to A.J. Green in his time here in Arizona? When you say A.J. Green, what do you think of? Turn around. Yeah. Turn around. But you do that was the beginning. Stop and think about yeah. it. You can trace that all when the way back. When everything turned around. When everything turned around for Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Yep. That, that Packers game. Turn around. I mean, that's where it all went downhill from that point forward. But Interesting. Now, now that he's retired, I think people will go back to looking big picture at his full career with Cincinnati, which was Yeah, I'm talking really about good. for us yeah, right no, here there's, in yeah. Arizona. When yeah. you think of A.J. Green, unfortunately, a lot of people think of that play, turn around. And then we are out here at Media Row, guys. I mean, I'll pull back the curtain, Luke. Sorry, Wolf. When we got here, Wolf said, how many guys are going to be here that I fought back in my playing days? So my question is, who do you guys hope to talk to this week? Uh, well, Richard Dent now would be ideal. Okay. Uh, let's see. If we could line up uh, Bill Boy Bates for okay. sure after all the stories. Bill Boy. <laughs> A lot of anybody, anybody, Jim Harbaugh, that'd be nice. Okay. Um, I know Wolf's never actually fought Jim Harbaugh. Maybe Nick Saban. Yeah, Saban would be good. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Tell me Nick isn't here. Uh, he no, would yeah, not talk to us. But who knows? Give it a few more days. Who do you, you know, want to talk to? You know what's interesting? There are old people that are walking by here, and I get the I get the second glance every now and then from some guy who looked like he used to play. <laughs> so maybe they're eyeballing me, thinking there's an old guy right there. Maybe that guy. Maybe I played against him. So I think they're thinking the same thing. My favorite was when that guy came up to you and said, "Oh, I'm a big fan of your brother Craig." <laughs> <laughs> that was that was before it even started. That was great. That was awesome. I'm definitely. The over-under, if I set it at a half for the week, there ha- yeah. we have to go over on somebody walks through here that you fought at some yeah, point I in your know. career. Yeah, I'm going to go, too. 
Oh, well, okay. You're going to Because not. there's a lot of people I won't know who they are, basically, right? <laughs> I mean, you look at, hey, we've all aged, haven't we? I mean, Kenny Dillingham did notice that you lost some weight. That's true. I, I thought that was very nice <laughs> yeah, of him Thank to you, say. Kenny. Appreciate that. He's uh, just trying to grease me. And Victor DiMuchegi did notice that it sounds like you still want to go out there and at least cover a kickoff. That was that was pretty clear, too. All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. The Suns are reportedly prepared to pursue Kevin Durant if he becomes available. Is anybody on this roster untouchable now? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. All right, welcome back. Media Row coverage is brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. It is Wolf and Luke here on this Monday afternoon now. <laughs> it's really just Luke because Aaron is looking for Wolf who has wandered off. So it's uh, it's currently Wolf and Luke minus the Wolf portion of the uh, show. But yeah, Who is he talking to? I don't, I, I don't even see him now. Is he? Oh, he's coming. Oh, is he? He's okay. Coming. Is he running down here like he's going to bust a wedge? No, he's really not running. He's taking his sweet time. Well, look, there's a lot of stuff going on with the Phoenix Suns this week. Uh, the checklist I have put together for the week of things that I, I need. To, oh, welcome back. I'm welcome so back to your yeah. show. So sorry about that. Walking around. It's always dangerous here at Media Row. We have, uh, we've checked off one box on the Phoenix Suns to-do list this week. It sounds like Devin Booker will be back tomorrow. Okay. Against Brooklyn. That of sounds course. great, right? Yes. Of so course. Perfect timing. Of course, it's playing Brooklyn. I'm sure the NBA schedule makers are real jokers. Had the first Brooklyn meeting right after the January 15th uh, moment when the Suns could officially trade DA, and now you have this one right before the trade deadline. Well, you know what? It's interesting you bring that up right there. Devin Booker, of course, and DA, and there were reports. I know Gamble thought that Book was going to play last week. Remember that? Um, And it's interesting to me that, again, we know the Suns are going to be very, very careful in regard to how they deal with their players, especially a Devin Booker. But I thought it was interesting, too, that D.A. was playing as well as he was. Playing really well. In the absence, of course, of Devin Booker and as we near the trade deadline. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Has anyone noticed no, no, where it seems absolutely. to have gotten DeAndre Ayton's attention? And now all of a sudden he's focused. And, man, the two-man game he's had going with Chris Paul, very, very impressive. To me, I wonder if the trade deadline has focused DeAndre Ayton. Well, I mean, I hope it's more than that because I'm, I'm still of the belief that he's not getting traded this week. Although, <laughs> in light of the stuff that we heard yesterday, I, I, it doesn't it feel like something big is coming? Yes. And maybe it's not Kevin Durant big, but something bigger than, hey, we traded Jay Crowder for a seventh man on our team and we got rid of Jay. Like, I think it's more than that. I think they're going, you know, there's a little stuff James Jones said last week that kind of hinted at, like, no, my plan is to go out and add something to this. Then you hear the stuff yesterday, and if you're willing to make that push for Kyrie Irving, I would absolutely assume you're willing to make a, a huge push for uh, for Kevin Durant if he becomes available. Now, the question, Wolf, before we get into KD, is is he actually going to be available? Bobby Marks was on with Bickley and Murata this morning. says, okay, either way, he doesn't expect KD to demand a trade this week. 
I'd be surprised in the next two or three days that Kevin Durant goes to the, the front office or ownership and asks to be out, asked to be traded like he did in, in late June. I think for Durant, it's probably, you know, A, he's not, he's not on the court, um, you know, so he, you know, he's, he's not going to be on the court for probably at least another week here. I think mm-hmm. for him, it's probably, all right, let's see what we do. I think it's a critical for what Brooklyn does next in the next three days. Do they parlay the three draft picks that they have, first round picks, just into something else? So I think you're probably in kind of in a little bit of a holding pattern and what transpires the rest of the season. Can they get out of the first round? And then we probably revisit Durant um, again in June, um, you know, if this team, if the, you know, if the ceiling for this team is limited. What are your thoughts on that when you hear him say that? I think there's a way Kevin Durant doesn't have to demand a trade to get traded. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I think that's the semantics of, do I think we're going to hear today Kevin Durant's like, i got to get out of here, trade me. And I, No, probably not. He already did that once. He didn't really stick to it. But I have to think Kevin Durant is well aware and was well aware that this was probably going to happen with Kyrie before anybody else knew. And it may they may have come to an agreement in the offseason. He may have said, look, I'll stick around, but if things start to go south and you're moving other pieces, then you know I want out of here, too. Um, I said this earlier. You know, Maybe it's easier to get KD in the summer, but I'm not willing to pay nearly as much in the summer because if I'm going to carve up my roster for Kevin Durant, I better get him for this playoff run, too. Yeah. Can I just say, because of Chris Haynes and his report right now, the quote, prepared to pursue. <laughs> that, to me, once again, tells me the Suns are going to go after Kevin Durant. Unlike what they did even in the summer. They are prepared to pursue. And if, in fact, that is an accurate statement that Chris Haynes is relaying right there in regard to the mindset of the Phoenix Suns, prepared to pursue means you're going to chase. And the chase is on for Kevin Durant. Do the Suns have pieces that would interest the Brooklyn Nets? Yes, I think they do. And because of that, I think they're going to pursue Kevin Durant and get Kevin Durant. I think you really, if you're the Suns, the hesitation to part with picks for Kyrie Irving, if that story's true, that story's out there, right? I'm fine with that. And maybe maybe James Jones is playing 3D chess, and he's like, because it's the same team, right? So maybe with Brooklyn, he's like, there's no way you're getting more than one of my first-round picks. There's just no way. And then Kevin Durant becomes available, and all of a sudden he's like, hey, here's three first-round picks. You got me. Because you can almost negotiate starting with Kyrie for KD. What I don't want to happen is us to look back and be like, oh, the Suns could have got Durant, but they wouldn't give up that third first-round pick. Nobody cares about those first-round picks if you're the Suns. Deal the picks if it gets you Kevin Durant. Anything you can do to avoid breaking up as much of the core as possible, I know you're going to have to throw Cam Johnson in there. You may have to throw DA in there in like a three-team trade, but if I'm the Suns, I'm doing everything I can to keep Devin Booker and Mikel Bridges together and put them with Kevin and Durant. This is what it looks like if you want to go for a championship. Yeah, you know, were you blown away in regard to what the Mavericks, what the Mavericks gave up to to get Kyrie? Were you blown away by that at all? No, I mean, I think they gave up more than it, it looks like initially on paper. You just see Kyrie Irving is by far the best player in the deal. I... I... 
I never looked at Dallas as a threat in the Western Conference, and now they're at least going for it to try See, to be a I threat. mean, I always did. As a threat yeah. to the Phoenix Suns. Threat to the Suns, yes. Yes. 100%. yes. <laughs> but absolutely. not a threat to actually go anywhere in the conference. Yes, absolutely. But I, but I thought it was interesting. To, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, there's a guy that is a good player. I think we'd all agree he's a good player. He's not Glad a great player. Glad he's in the player. East now because I'm sick of playing he's, against he's him. He's not a great player, though. I, I, I think he's a good player. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, I think, is is just a guy for the most part. A guy that you threw in there. Now, you know, he's he's a good player. He's a good defender. A, a good defender. Yeah. I would say no doubt about that, but he's a guy. He averages, I think his career average is 8.33 points per game. I'm just guessing at that. It's not like he's a great rebounder. He's a good wing defender, I think. Um, so I understand that. But then you gave up a 2027 first-round pick. Is that right? Did I read that correctly? 2027. 2029 first, 2027 second, and a 2029 second. Okay, so I messed that up right there 2029 that's what I'm saying, man. What? What? what, what? If you, you know what's amazing about that? Everybody that was involved in making this deal probably will not be there in 2029. And that's that's not what players, not coaches, not front well, office. Well, Luca, Luca will be the well, only one. But well, that's it. Who knows? Yeah, it's true. You never know. Um, but that's that's you do have to go. Like I don't, I don't love that move for Dallas because I think Kyrie is obviously very volatile. I don't think that that's a fact, and so that might absolutely blow up in their face. But. I like the mentality of like, think about that, Wolf. If the Suns, if we get news that the Suns traded for Kevin Durant, and let's say it was Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, I don't know if DA's in there, and it's three first round picks. Okay, twenty twenty three, big deal. It's going to be the twenty fifth pick in the draft. Twenty twenty five, yeah, you got to, and then twenty twenty seven. If you really want a first round pick back in twenty twenty seven, you got four years to go trade for one. You can get one back. You have to go for it with the picks, unless you are a team like it doesn't make sense for the Rockets to trade for KD because their first round pick might be Victor Wembanyama and and he's not going to help them KD's not going to help them win a title if you're the Suns, man, those picks, they have so much more value to you as currency than actual players right now. Once again, the prepared to pursue. I'm going to go back to Chris Haynes. Chris Haynes is pretty reliable in this stuff. At least I know him to be pretty reliable on most of his reports right here. The the prepared to pursue, I'll continue to go back to that. That means we want him. We tried to get him before. We're going to do it this time, and we're going to do it again with a purpose. We're going to get him. So I think when you say prepared to pursue, nobody's safe except for Devin Booker. Nobody. You think, I mean, Chris Paul was involved? Chris Paul was involved in Kyrie Irving and possibly getting Kyrie Irving? That blows my mind. So if Chris Paul is, I I think everybody is up for grabs except for Devin Booker. I think nobody's safe, even Mikel Bridges. No, I don't. I and I I've, obviously Brooklyn's going to ask for Mikel Bridges, and so that's where this gets really dicey. I just pulled up his his Twitter feed, right? Mikel Bridges just randomly his last three tweets. Okay, yesterday morning, go Suns. Yesterday afternoon, when the Kyrie trade happened, uh oh. And then his <laughs> pinned tweet is, "I don't ever want to leave the Suns." <laughs> okay, now check that out right there. Think about that, man. The uh oh, uh oh. Okay. Maybe maybe that was just because of the you know the the rumor the deal that was out there, or maybe it was also something else. Uh oh, if Kyrie's gone, K 
KD is going to be gone. Maybe that's what he was thinking. I don't know. If there's any way to get Kevin Durant without trading Mikel Bridges, I think you have to do it. If you have to trade Mikel Bridges, then we have a much deeper conversation. And, and if it's just, hey, if it was Mikel Bridges straight up for KD, obviously you would have to do it. But it's not going to be just that. So at what point do you draw the line? To me, Mikel Bridges is where you draw the line if you're already giving up a bunch of first-round picks and Cam Johnson or DA or whatever. We'll get more into this, obviously. Coming up next, we're going to test our Super Bowl smarts. This never goes well for me. On the Wolf and Luke Show, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? Uh, I don't know. Andy Reid or Nick Sirianni? Yeah, I don't know. Chris Jones or Hassan Reddick? It's time to test your Super Bowl smarts on the Wolf and Luke Show. All right, here we go. So it is time for Super Bowl Smarts. Wait a minute. <laughs> a segment we were both excited to do until it started. And we we like, have oh. to package it that way. Well, now, yeah, Super Bowl Smarts. feels like somebody's getting voted off you, the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trivia and Wolfleys do not go together. Uh, but I just say, uh, I, I get like random trivia, stuff I'm supposed to know. It's I don't like know. a 50-50, though. Yeah, that, don't say that. That makes it even worse. Because then when, we, when I go 0 for 8, it's like just a coin flip would have done better than you. Uh, Aaron has the question. We don't know the question. How does this work, though? Like, so do we have to ring in, or do we each? Well, just how about we alternate? Who goes first? Okay, okay, I yeah. like that. So you're gonna, Aaron's gonna ask a question. I'll go first. You'll go first. You'll be wrong, and then I will answer the same question, right? Yes, it's the same question, but it's fifty-fifty. So when Wolf is wrong, I will then get it right. Okay. Yes. Perfect. All right. All right. You can go first every time. Okay. So we'll start. Softball. <laughs> is this Andy Reid or is this Nick Sirianni? Okay. CBS analyst Tony Romo labeled this head coach's offensive system as unstoppable. I feel like he's done that to all 32 teams. Yeah, that is Tony Romo. Nick Sirianni. Oh, I don't get to know if he's wrong or not. Oh, okay. So we both. Okay, so, hmm, I actually have to think. I was, okay. I was waiting for you to just be wrong. <laughs> you were going to just steal my answer. Yes, he does. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Andy Reid. I think he does more AFC games typically. It is Nick Sirianni. What? Oh, Tony. Well, ruin me. I again. guess it is Super Bowl smarts. <laughs> For one of I us. I have to keep score. Yeah, that one was for Luke. Oh, we're keeping score. Okay. Now we're playing for keeps. <laughs> now that you got an answer right. This head coach played... Tony Romo do the AFC games? All right. Sorry. This head coach played rock, paper, scissors with potential draft picks to gauge the competitiveness, competitiveness level of the prospect. Okay, I'll go with Sirianni on this one. Now, wait a minute. Are, are you saying that this this could apply to the entire NFL, no, correct? No, it's Super it Bowl smart, super? so the two head coaches that are in the Super Bowl. <laughs> he should lose a point for that. Okay. Andy Reid. It's Nick Sirianni. Oh! <laughs> I'm trying to read Maloney's face when I answer. Totally no, I'm trying be to be like, like You didn't Andy give anything Reed. away. Yes. All right. One okay. This quarterback beat Post Malone at Beer Pong so badly that the singer got a tattoo of the quarterback's signature. Was it Patrick Mahomes or was it Jalen Hurts? Oh, yes. shoot. Patrick Mahomes. It's not going to get it at Jalen Hurts. Not well, yet. What's your reasoning? Yeah, why not? Yeah. 
You don't think Jalen Hurts can play beer pong? No. Are you kidding me? Does Patrick Mahomes play beer pong? There's Loves it. Better chance he could have played with Mahomes. I'm going to go Mahomes. It's Mahomes. <laughs> Wait, so did we both get that? Yep, you guys both got that point. Oh, we're really good so at this. Wolf followed me. Yeah. So this is... Is it Hassan Reddick or is it Chris Jones? This player only played four games in his junior and senior seasons in high school due to injuries. Oh, oh, oh. Well, that's got to be Hassan Reddick. He was a walk-on. Hassan Reddick was a walk-on. I actually Temple. don't know if that is Hassan Reddick now that I think about it. Um, Cardinals liked to draft guys that weren't playing much, though. Yeah, but once again, you're talking about in high school, correct? Yes. Yes, I'm going to say Hassan Reddick. Yeah, I'll stick with Reddick. You guys both got it right. Wow. It is Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick right there. Okay, it makes sense. He we walked on at Temple. Bring somebody over here to challenge us since we're so good at and this. And by the way, what's so cool about that, too, his mother actually bought him a food package program because she had to. As a walk-up, supported him. Training table. Bought the package so he could eat with his teammates. How cool is that? This guy's showing off. That is cool, though. And he says he doesn't know. Yeah. Oh, Fun just, fact. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Well, Super Bowl. So, <laughs> this head coach attended the same high school that produced Leonardo DiCaprio and where the interior scenes for the movie Grease were filmed. Uh, I've never seen Grease, so I'm going to defer to you on this one. Stop it. You've never seen Never Greece? seen Grease. Can I, can I request the question one more time? This head coach attended the same high school that produced Leonardo DiCaprio and where the interior scenes for the movie Grease were filmed. Oh, that's Andy Reid. I don't know where DiCaprio went to high school. I'll go Sirianni. It's Andy Reid. Wow. You're Andy Reid and Leonardo What's, DiCaprio. What is the score right knowledge. now, Mel, by the so way? So it's um, four to three, and you have four. Interesting. Hmm. Just because you know more about Greece than me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. And a lot more. <laughs> so we'll go with this one now. Um, Silence of the Lambs. This head coach made an appearance on Monday Night Football at the age of 13. Oh. It's not that, your turn. That's Andy Reid, isn't it? Didn't he do the punt, pass, yes, kick, whatever? Andy Reid. Yeah, Andy Reid. And he was the biggest kid. <laughs> he looked he was. hysterical out there. That was absolutely awesome. <laughs> it looked awesome. like he was like 16 and everybody else was 6. My young crunks right now, Google Andy Reid, punt, pass, and kick. You'll laugh your butt off. What did Trust you tell them to Google earlier? Uh, we should put together the Google list at the end of the yeah, show. Right. Things we'll said to Google. <laughs> right. This quarterback says he cooks the best crawfish anyone has ever had. He thinks his crawfish cooking skills are the best in the game and calls them angelic. It's your turn to go first, but I think I have my answer. Okay. Um, this music's intense. I'm going Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think it's Jalen, too. It is Jalen Hurts. Uh-huh. Do I? Are these too easy for no, you guys? No, they're not. But Wolf is... Uh, the 50-50 is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. I should add to it. Yeah, yeah throw guards Travis Gardner Kelsey, Jason it. Kelsey, Jalen Hurts, or Patrick Mahomes. There you go. That's too much. So you're six out of seven so far. Like, I'm right. putting together a ridiculous run going five exactly. out of seven. It doesn't even matter. Right. Taste it. <laughs> Okay, so is this Hassan Reddick or Chris Jones? Football didn't enter the picture until this player was a sophomore in high school. (laughs) 
Um, you just went first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was hoping you would go first. Right. Yeah, how about okay. you? Um, I don't know that about Hassan Reddick, so I'm going to... Uh, boy. I'll go Chris Jones, but that's I don't know enough about Chris Jones when he was a sophomore in high school. I'm going Hassan Reddick. It's Chris Jones. <laughs> and now we are tied. We are tied, guys. Well, how embarrassing for you. Okay. okay. No, how embarrassing for you. I'm the worst trivia player in the history <laughs> he misses of one, mankind. And all of a sudden, he's the worst. So this player got his happy attitude. From a Michael Jordan picture. It was the picture of the cartoon clip of Michael Jordan jumping over aliens. He always thought, hey, this is Michael Jordan defeating all odds, jumping through life and over aliens to reach his goal. Is it Hassan Reddick or Chris Jones? Oh, I was thinking we were going quarterbacks here. For the, for the record, my answer would have been Mahomes. Um, yeah, I'll go Reddick. It's Chris Jones. Go! never seen Chris Jones smile. Have you? No. Man, he's not following his own advice. So right now we are tied, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we have to do one more. Okay. To break the tie. I just want to know that we're all better than like that guy that just walked by. He, there's no way he would have gotten six out of nine. Wolf's like walking over behind just to see. Yeah, like he's trying to see the answer. Yeah. yeah. Stop it. Okay, so let's just go with. This head coach suffered ligament damage in his ankle during college that almost cost him his leg. How did you find something like that that we yeah. didn't? Do you think that would be like the first thing that Andy they said? I never do well with the coach ones. All right, this is the tiebreaker, right? If he took Reed, I'll take Sirianni. It is Nick Sirianni. Oh. <laughs> wow, what a comeback right there by Lipinski. That was. Or you know a meltdown what, honestly, by Wolf. That was, no, that was a classic comeback. And that's right really there. the well question. Played by you. Did Luke come back and win, or did Wolf just blow the lead? That's, uh, I, that's, think, I think it was a It's not about how you start. That's how true. you finish. Yeah, there you no, go. He definitely would not have made the uh, March Madness tournament with Unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, sort of that was nasty. Well, that was sad for you. All right, that was Super Bowl Smarts. We'll play that again this week, and I'll win again. When we come back, uh, what did Buda Baker think of how the Cardinals prepared for this season. He had some pretty clear words on that, and we'll react to it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.